Hello everyone, welcome back to Reservations. We're your host, I'm Rain Wing. And I'm Jeremy Blair. Um Sorry we didn't have an episode come out last week, everyone. It's my bad. Uh Jeremy and his girlfriend thought they uh they had tickets to the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Now she did. I need to listen. She's she's gonna listen to this and she is gonna roll her eyes and then find me and then come hit me. But oh, she's gonna burst um, down our uh, my door. Yeah, because she hates it when I talk about my perfect immune system. Um, because I've been bragging about it for a week. <laughs> but she did get tickets uh, since I was exposed to her and it wasn't like when she got tested and was tested positive it still wasn't past the five day incubation period or some bullshit like that uh -huh. and so the doctor said just quarantine also you guys can quarantine together it's not a big deal because you're already exposed doesn't matter yeah and so she's been staying at my place and uh, I never got it so <laughs> well it's because your house is haunted and the, those ghosts were like no he's, he's not gonna get it she did help me clean up a lot of that house nice she was almost like, you know, obviously she's not making me do anything. She's a very wonderful person. I love her very much. And she was like, do you want to maybe, maybe clean up the den or the living room? And I was like, <laughs> so, so now it's livable. Like, it's a whole livable space. <laughs> like you can walk around in there. And... Instead of uh, instead of the... And not uh, like run into anything? Like you don't bump into anything? And instead of the uh, paranoid... Uh, man's like man cave that we filmed in yeah 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 it's no longer that anymore uh shout out to our paranoid yep. short film we'll put a we'll put a link up there oh. check that out but yeah you know uh well i'm glad you're all right man yeah yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. i was i was a little worried because you're the only one who hadn't gotten tickets when yeah. all of us have gotten tickets and now i'm fully vaccinated as of yesterday nice so. uh i'm probably gonna get mine pretty soon ashley's about to get her second one so cool. yeah Oh, I'm still a little sore from yesterday, yeah. but it's fine. Uh, I didn't get nearly as sick as other people did for their second time. So mm. uh, my grandparents didn't either, and they're in their nineties. So maybe it's uh, maybe it's just I don't know. Yeah, it's genetics, I guess. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, if you listened to our Hugo episode two weeks ago, yeah. uh, thank you by the way for <laughs> holding out for two weeks. Yeah, thanks for uh, sticking with us. Uh, also, did you like the green screen? Comment below. Uh, yeah, hey. <laughs> no, I'm not going to yell at you guys. Comment if you want. Uh, but Taysa is an episode that I'm actually really excited for. Cool. Because... I don't like the qualifier, actually, but... Like, <laughs> well, it's because, you know, some of your picks, I'm like, oh, no. I'm, I feel like yeah. I'm not going to like this. But then I do. Yeah, know? yeah. Like shame. I like shame. Yeah, like shame. <laughs> Uh, but no, because I had already watched Seven Samurai, mm -hmm. and so I was like, "All right, I'm I'm excited to see some more films from Akira Kurosawa." Hopefully, I pronounced his, his last name is a lot of vowels. And Kurosawa. Yeah. Kurosawa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but today we're discussing Rashomon. Um, you know, I I see where a lot of movies now get this trope from oh all of them yeah <laughs> you know uh he completely changed the game in terms of non-linear storytelling and unreliable narration yeah with which, this film which is what i've mentioned uh on the podcast several times i like an unreliable narrator well this time you get four yeah so it's uh i was so 
impressed with with this film because this was only like his second movie, right? It was one. I mean, yeah, he had. Because um, I know he just started filmmaking by this time. Yeah. Like I think he was forty-one. Yeah, he was. He, I mean, later than normal, I guess. And at least in terms of now, modern day filmmakers are usually a lot younger right. when they start out. Um, with the exception of like James Cameron and people like that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, James Cameron, good out. But uh, that's not. I gotta show you a video uh, after we're done. Um, but yeah, you know, and I was so. Ah oh, man, the the movie. I guess we're just gonna just jump. Yeah, right let's jump right in. Uh, usually, I save my comments for for like the cinematography till the end. But man, the cinematography was on point. Yeah, I watched an interview with Robert Altman. Um, who some of you might know, he directed MASH, Shortcuts. Mm. Um, uh, I'm blanking on a lot of them, but there's a ton. Like The, the Long Goodbye, um, Thieves Like Us, I think, is the name of that one. It's with Warren Beatty. I mean, anyway, he's got a ton of movies out there. And they're all about, you know, like Nashville. and They're all these very gigantic films that are just sort of a look into just life in general, right? Uh-huh. They're not, like, story-driven or character-driven. They just plop every now and then to the stories, and they just go around and around and around, um, which is great. So anyway, Robert Allen was talking about uh, Rashomon, and he said that he thinks it was the first time anyone pointed the camera at the sun. Mm, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I watched that interview, too, that he, yeah. he was like, yeah, to my knowledge, I think that was the first time anyone had ever done that yeah and yeah you know and and to get the lens flare and then to get the shadows and yeah for a film made in 1950 um and it looks sort of handheld as well mm -hmm. in some of those shots which i think it 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 adds to (laughs) what a 1950s movie camera looks like by the way yeah uh but it adds to the the unreliable narration too yeah because we are almost being invited into the world. Yeah. Through the through this almost handheld lens. Yeah, and then we of course get this this wooded area that it's hard to distinguish. Are we even in the same place? Yeah. In this story, or are we in a different part of the woods in this story? Or mm-hmm. are we, you know, it's hard to get our bearings. Right. right. Yeah. Before we move on, if anyone hears any yelling, I think there's some kids outside playing. We apologize. Um, oh, kids. Okay. Just because it's nice outside doesn't mean you're allowed to go outside. That's true. <laughs> now while we're recording. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, you know, and then, and of course, my, you know, you also being a fan of one continuous shot, that just super tight continuous shot of the woodcutter. Yeah. As he's walking, oh my God. It was yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, the woodcutter's scenes are really cool because it's sort of, it's setting up everything. It's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, this is where he finds the body, and you know, um, and even that sort of like, it, did it happen that way? You know what I mean? Right. And I'd like to point out that before we get started, I kind of want to put this out there that I don't think anybody's lying. By the way, um, I think this is a a study in the the sort of unreliability of someone's memory, um, uh-huh. and trauma can 
cloud yeah. your memory and change it. Right. Um, so can anger. So can fear. So, I mean, so all of these things can, and these are things that all of these people are going through, right? Um, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that now because I was going to want to talk about, like, do we think who who is lying and who is telling the truth? But now that you've kind of jumped ahead to that, and I've really thought about it, that makes sense. Yeah. That probably no one's lying. Well, and it and it's sort of you know, uh, in the very beginning when they are sitting out of the rain underneath uh, the Rashomon, right? Um, <laughs> that they are just so distraught the priest and the woodsman, um, mm-hmm. about what they've just witnessed and what they just went through, right? By listening to all these different stories of the same event. Right. And they're just, they, they just can't believe that all of them are right and wrong and, you know, no one is telling the same story and... Um, Certain details are contradictory of someone else's details. Right, and so I think they are struggling with why... I think they are thinking someone's lying, right? right? And where I understand, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I, I think that, you know, to say that someone is lying um, may make it a little too easy because it's just like, okay, well then does that mean one of them is correct? Right. right. Because it might be that none of them are, right? Right. Um, which I love that Kurosawa doesn't give us the right answer. Right. He doesn't tell us exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we kind of sort of get, like, this is a plausible how it happened at the end of the film with the woodcutter story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even then, that could be wrong. And, of course, we can get into, and we will, whether we should believe the samurai or not. Oh, yeah. Um, because... I mean, okay, we'll say that for later. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, I have a lot of things written down. I I love that we don't see the police officers, quote unquote. Yeah, I I because I, I, they're at the police station, um, is what they had said. And at first, I thought it was a courtroom, but it's not. It's kind of like they're just gathering statements and they're trying mm-hmm. to piece this thing together so they can either condemn this man to death or not. Okay. Right. Well, and, you know, and, and, and I, I watched the documentary, not the documentary, the, the little short about the cinematographer and how he talks about, or no, or maybe it's the same one with Robert. Robert Altman. Altman. Uh, saying how they're, we don't, yeah, we don't see who they're talking to, so they're telling all this to us, the right. audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I love, too. Yeah, and I we don't hear them either. They, they repeat the question if it's necessary, so they go, was there a weapon? No, 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 no. There was no weapon, right? Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll repeat the question. So we don't yeah. even hear them either. So um, so I really did enjoy that. Uh, As I liked, did I. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of also doesn't give us a real representation of the space they're in mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah, because whoever, you know, we see whoever's giving the testimony front and center, but then we see the woodcutter and the priest in the background for every single right. testimony. So anytime someone gives a testimony, they end up in the back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sitting back there. So then they become a part of the space. They, they're listening mm-hmm. and they're gathering all of these different versions of this story, right? Right. Um, 
So I like that. Um, two, I really like his use of weather. You know, the rain uh-huh. during this time of confusion and frustration mm-hmm. and, you know, this sort of, you know, dwelling on the evilness of man, right? Right. And then once we sort of get this, you know, optimistic-ish ending, the rain stops. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's it's mirroring the tone. Right? Right. Um, and it's until they stop talking about it, which is when the rain stops. Because then they focus on, on this uh, abandoned child. Right. Right. Um, so it's almost like dwelling on all of this is only doing harm. It's not, you know, I mean, like... It, right. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a... Like when someone is in like a depressive slump, you know, everything around them seems dark and gloomy, but then once they get that kind of little sliver of, they're out of the wood, you know, I'll use the pun out of the woods, you know, then seem everything seems lighter and brighter. Doesn't seem so bad, right? Right. Um, now that we have talked so long about this horrible thing that mankind has done, we are witnessing something that mankind is doing, you know, out of, you know, the goodness right. of their soul by mm-hmm. taking this child and caring for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is when we're like, oh, okay, so not everything is this bad. Right. Right. Even though a few minutes ago everything seemed this bad. Yeah, especially for the priest who is fully ready to give up yeah. on everyone and then pulls a 180 at the end is like you know what I'm not going to yeah yeah uh so I could we could it would take forever but we could go through everyone's stories but uh and I mean compare and contrast but I don't know if we we probably don't have enough time we don't have enough time but I mean we do we do have time to kind of quickly go through everyone's story Okay. Um, would you like to start? Then we'll bounce back and forth. Sure. Um, the well, we'll start with the bandit story. The bandit he has a name, right? No mm-hmm. one else does, but he does. And I don't remember what it is right now. As do I. I don't. <laughs> it, it's 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 long and it's got a lot of vowels. So <laughs> I, I didn't write it down. I didn't remember it. Um, but but I mean, most of the people on this are just referred to as what they are. So. Right. The bandit. The noble woman, the... The samurai. The woodcutter. The, the priest. priest right. The commoner, yeah. So, so the bandit. Okay. So the bandit story is more of a... Um, yes, I killed him, but... Like, it was it was a noble death, right? Like, he, right. Like he fought valiantly and... I didn't... And I didn't want to have to kill him. Right. Um... Which is, of course, kind of self-serving, and it's like, hey, I'm not such a bad guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, this is kind of how it went down, you know? Right. Um, and then the woman's story, the noble woman's story, is completely different. Right. That the bandit uh, raped her. Yeah. As where, in his story, she willingly consented. Yeah. I mean, he... Did force himself, but then she... And that, that sort of willingness and the consent... Is in the other stories. Yes. Uh, so. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But anyway, so, that's so a little weird, right? So, he raped her. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, 
uh, he just leaves her there. Yeah. And then she doesn't remember what happens after she freed her husband, the, the samurai. Right. All she knows is he. she wakes up and he's dead. Right. Oh, oh. Uh, I know. Not not a whole lot of... Uh, detail. Right. Yeah. Uh, she just... Really what she wanted to do was sort of discount really the, the consent. Mm-hmm. Right. That was sort of her main... Mission. Right. Um, was discounting that and then making the the murder seem less valiant. Right. Right. Or more like a murder. Right. And then we get a medium... Uh, channeling the samurai uh, to tell his side of the story. Which now here... Okay. So now we... Here's where the audience and the the characters in the story... This is where it's not going to be quite the same. So where... So far I'm on board with everything. Mm-hmm. Right? And now it's like, do we... I think Kurosawa wants us to just say, this is actually happening. She is actually channeling channeling the samurai. He is actually telling his story, right? Mm -hmm. But then it's sort of like, well, what if she's not? She's gotten two stories already. What? Yeah, what if she's... Right? What if she's like, okay, I can can take those stories, change it a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? And it's believable. Right. Right? And maybe not even... In a sort of, you know, not even in a conscious way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She she believes she's channeling the samurai, but maybe she's really not, right? Right. And that she is, you know, been just gathering all of this information and spinning out her own narrative. I mean, as uh, as most mediums do. <coughs> right. <laughs> so in in our in our twenty first century brain, you know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about it like that. That you know, you know we may not believe that she is actually channeling the samurai. Right. I would have liked to see the samurai um, if I had a complaint about this movie, which I really don't. I thought it would have been cool if, like... Like his spirit appeared or, or, or like something. the smoke would, like, cover the lens and then dissipate and she's gone and he's there or something. Right? Oh, yeah, that would have been cool. You know, like a visual representation of this... That, that she has channeled him. Right. right, right I right. thought that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. But, uh, but his story is... She, his wife consented. Yeah. Um, and the the men still fought, but I can't remember exactly. The the woman was really sort of the woman's a, a more evil person in this story because she's sort of like I don't care who wins I'll. I'll take whoever. That's right. I remember. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll take whoever wins. And it's like, dude, what's your problem? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, because um, because the bandit was just gonna leave. Yeah. And then, oh no, no, no. The bandit offered. He he wanted to marry her, and she was like, "Well, you have to, you have to kill my husband." Right. And he was like, "Well, I don't want to have to kill anyone." Some of this might be cultural, also. So mm-hmm. I don't know anything about 11th century Japan. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, this may be, this might have been customary. I don't know. Uh, I had two weeks to figure it out and I didn't do it. I I want to say, though, that most 
in in eleventh century Japan, uh, uh, women were if they had two if they were promiscuous, they were seen as you know um, tainted, I guess. But cool. But anyway, um, <laughs> cool. Uh, but yes, no. Uh, the the samurai is very adamant about this point that mm-hmm. um, he was just going to leave her because I mean, if he if she is willing to be with this other man, mm-hmm. then what does it matter? I'll just leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was just going to leave her there. And so, so again, his story is different with some similarities to the bandits, mm-hmm. right? But it's not all the same. Right. And then the final version we get is the woodcutter's story that paints it as very... The men... It was, uh, again, consensual... But then the bandit was that's that was the one that was confusing. The bandit was just gonna leave, just be like, all right, I got what I wanted. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, but then she berates him for not being man enough to kill her husband, and vice versa, and pretty much coaxes them into a fight. Right. Which it's very sloppy. Neither man wants to fight. Yeah. Um, they're just fumbling all over each other until just pretty much the bandit got lucky and killed him. Mm. And that's the woodcutter story. Yeah. Um, woodcutter wasn't there. So... Yeah. Uh, so who knows, right? Mm-hmm. And in a lot of these, the woman is... an antagonist. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. Her story is the only one where she isn't. Yeah, right. yeah, pretty much. And almost everyone else's story, she eggs on the fight. Yeah, and so I would I would wager that's probably closer to what happened. Mm-hmm. But again, we'll never know. And I think that's the the genius of this movie is that we don't get the real story. We don't get the true series of events. Right. You know, I mean, if we had more time, we could do like a full breakdown and like, like charts and stuff on the greens with you know and with 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 uh yarn and like, <laughs> like it connects here and here he is very charlie kelly and trying to yeah I, I, I watched a video recently of a guy who uh connected every adam sandler movie because they all connect and it's the most chaotic funniest thing i've ever seen in my life no nope, i don't like that at all um that would give me a headache but anyway uh i mean but Point being, if we had more time, we would right. for sure do that. Of course. But we don't. Because we want to keep you guys entertained. Right. Um, you know what I also really like about this is that every time someone else tells a story, which I think is what most is what most storytellers take from this story, is adding in new details each time. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the exact same series of events that are tweaked a little bit. We're we're coming in at different points in the story to get new details. Right. Right. To where, you know, the bandit story obviously is before they meet, right? Mm. Before, like, they all show up at the same place. Um, in the Grove. In the Grove. And uh, the novel. Yeah. We should mention, we're, we're slacking on our two-week hiatus. Yeah. Uh, this film is based on a novel called In the Grove. I don't know the author's name. We'll probably put it as a little text right here. Oh. Um, anyway. Right. 
Right. Um, and then, like, everyone else's starts at a different point in mm-hmm. this confrontation, right? Mm-hmm. But adding in new details, which is what other people do, like, in television when they do a, a Rashomon episode or something. Right. Um, to keep us... To keep us from being fatigued with the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. they'll start at different points and add in different things that we're now learning for the first time. Right. right. Um, to keep us focused on what's going on. Right. Uh, to give a, a fairly recent example, and I just oh, I only know this because uh, uh, I simultaneously have been rewatching this show in the. The Netflix show series of unfortunate events, The Reptile Room Part Two, they show us from two different points in the story that are happening simultaneously mm-hmm. what Klaus is doing, and then we take it back and then we see what Violet was doing. Now, granted, you know, no one's lying in this scenario, but we're seeing what is happening mm-hmm. simultaneously. Yeah. Well, what. An action that is happening at the same time. Right. right you know, right, 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 right. Uh, they do it again later on in the series uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, the Penultimum Peril Part 1 with my boy Max Greenfield. Oh my uh, but that was that one is closer to Rashomon because it's from each sibling's perspective. Yeah. All happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah, so anytime any storyteller does a something like this, mm-hmm. the Rashomon effect, right? Yeah. Or uh, it's now part of the lexicon and filmmaking and Yeah, I, I and love that. Television. I love that it has a name. Yeah. And, it, and it's simply the Rashomon effect. Right. I, if, I love that. If characters are having conflicting stories of the same event, the Rashomon effect. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Uh, further proof that Akira Kurosawa is... Was just so influential, uh, you know, and and like I mentioned in Hugo, we may do uh, why well, not may we will do Seven Samurai. Okay, maybe not this season. But I would but... love to do High and Low. High and Low is oh for sure. I would love to do. Uh, and then again, I just told you I just got Dreams, so I'll yeah, watch that. That's on my wish list too. Yeah, so I mean, there's uh, the Bad Sleep Well. Uh, that one Ooh. also. That one's a DVD only. <laughs> that was an old one. That, yeah, that's fine. Um, but anyway, um. You know, and something. So, so okay, okay. So that's that's the main story. But we we left out a character, okay. the commoner, yeah, who is hearing all of this from the woodcutter and the priest underneath the Rashomon in the rain, and he is forming his own opinion of everything because, since, as the audience, we assume now that the woodcutter and the priest have all the pieces in place they can figure it out. Mm. And so the commoners kind of, in my opinion, meant to represent us, the audience. Yeah. Which, I mean, technically, yeah, he is. He, he's the audience. But he seems to be much more cynical. Yeah. And figures it out fairly quickly. What really happened? Who was lying? Mm. And berates... The woodcutter about everything. Yeah. Uh, well, and he, he comes in with his own biases. Because he mm-hmm. comes in with the, well, I never believe a woman, ever. Right? Right. And it's like, whoa, calm down. Uh, <laughs> uh, but again, 11th century Japan. 
Right. right. So times uh, drastically changed. Yeah. And so, even then, that was it's technically a period piece. Right. <laughs> but but yeah uh, yeah he had his own biases um, and kind of doesn't really care either. Not really. Really, he just likes that he gets all of these stories to entertain him while he's getting out of the ring. Right. Right. That's really what he likes <laughs> about yeah. these stories, which is why he keeps asking, well, what about the next one? Right. Or it's, you know, berating them and trying to figure it out because he's trying just to get his mind off of it's raining. It's raining. I <laughs> don't want to be wet. Yeah, exactly. It, which is silly, but essentially an oversimplification of what's happened. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, and he... I think out of everyone in the movie, he, the commoner, he, he is the most cynical out of anyone, but also he is the most, um, I don't want to say realistic, but you know, he, you know, once, once he gets all the information and berates the woodcutter, he was like, you know, you, everyone lied. Everyone said what they wanted to say to save their own skin. Right. You did the same thing. And then that's when the woodcutter confesses his story, his version. And the commoner's like, see, you you lied too. So what makes you any better than the rest of them? Right. And, again, that's one way to look at it. Right. Which is everybody's lying. Mm -hmm. Um, But, again, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think no one's lying. I like to think everyone believes... Believes in their believes their own lie that they're telling the truth, yeah, right. or at least believes that you know this is what I remember, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'd like to think even the bandits not lying, just because like who cares, right? It's, right. It, like when we are introduced to him and you know yeah he's, he's just chilling underneath the shade and he's and he's like he had no problem, you know. I don't know. I, I just don't think his character cares, right? Right. Because he's already a notorious band. Everybody knows who he is, mm-hmm. right? And he makes sure everybody knows who he is. And so it's... Now, even the commoner knows who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's just like, this is what happened. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I mean, and, and you said it at the beginning, like, memory is a funny thing. Yeah. Like, even, even events that aren't very traumatic you know we we add in new details to to spice it up i mean i'm not gonna lie i've done the same thing in in telling like stories about like my trip to australia and things like that Mm -hmm. but it's also because those memories i know are not necessarily fading but the new details Keep it fresh well, we in can, my brain. You we know? can get into the to the science of memory because every time you remember something, the next time you recall that memory, it was from the last time you remembered it, not from the original. Right? Exactly. And, that's the kind of you, and, and so like that's again. I don't know if Kurosawa wants us to go this far into it, but um, so I'm, it changes every time you do right, and right. so no matter what, even if it's this, even if it's just a little bit it still changed forever because yeah. now you're recalling the last time you remembered it, even if you remembered it wrong. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and of course we have a history on this podcast of uh, digging way too deep into things. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know, it's sort of like my, you know, do we believe the medium, right? Right. I don't know if Kurosawa even wants us to question the medium, right? Because right. no one else is, and it, and it, you know, we are still getting this narrative, and you know, she's providing details that you know, whatever. But, well, and and you know, and you know, in a in a 21st century setting, uh, the medium's testimony would have been thrown out anyway. Completely. Because, because you know, we have we have seen throughout the years, you know, televangelists and mm-hmm. uh, these self-proclaimed psychics and healers be debunked, right, uh, time and time again. Um, may he rest in peace, the amazing Randy. That was his life's work, was to debunk people swindling other people mm-hmm. by pulling at their belief systems oh, and yeah. by saying, I can heal you by magic. It's ridiculous, right? And right. so that was his life's work. Everyone Google the amazing Randy when we're done. Or now. After. <laughs> so um, he yeah. was amazing. After we're done. Finish the episode. Okay, fine. And after then. we're done. Google <clears throat> the amazing Randy. He's absolutely amazing. There's a great documentary about him, The Honest Liar, um, on Netflix, I think. So, done <laughs> <laughs> you keep so, saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So it does. He's amazing. Raver's amazing. Now, that's why I, I I have a hard time believing the medium, just because. Right, right because is, she could be, you know, and I, and I think you said it perfectly. Like she she's had time to hear the bandit side of the story, uh, the woman side of the story, how the woodcutter came upon the body, mm-hmm. even even the priest just happening to see them on the trail. Right. So she has all of this evidence pretty much to twist the narrative even more right and then to put herself in his shoes and add in a little vindictive you know side to it and paint his side of the story with that brush right right and that creates his side of the story mm-hmm. um but everybody else seems to think Besides the commoner at first. The commoner, you know, when they're like, well, the samurai side, he goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> the whose side? He's dead, right? Like, who? Yeah. But again, once they explained that a medium was there, they go, oh, 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 medium oh the, was the there. medium was there? Oh, okay. Oh, no. We all know her. Why didn't you say so? Yeah. Oh, you should have said the medium was there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and it is very strange that... Which I love. I do love the idea of having a... A ghost tell his side of the story. Right. Love it. I think that was awesome. Oh yeah, you know, and and again, credit to the novel, uh, uh didn't have to include that aspect. It could have been like, mm, nah, I don't even know if it was in there. No, no, it was. Oh, well, uh, I, 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 I read that like that he pretty much takes almost every element from the novel and yeah, uses it, uh, say for a few things, but like. The, the testimonies are pretty much... Well, and that brings up a good point that in text, it reads differently, literally. But mm-hmm. um, that a medium shows up and conjures the spirit of all. Um, that reads differently on paper than it does visually on the screen, right? And so maybe it's more believable in the book. Right. right? And we're not even meant to question it at all. Right. Like, oh, okay, the medium's here. Got it. The medium. You know, okay. And again, it might be folklore. Again, this mm. is, you know, 1098. Yeah. Right? 
or whatever, whatever year it is supposed right. to be, the eleventh century. So yeah, um, this could be you know our their version of you know uh, mystics and crystal balls and things like that from you know like medieval times or whatever, right for us. Well, you know, yeah, and you know, medieval times had soothsayers and right. stuff like that. And so much like how the samurai is their version of a cowboy, right? Right. Is their gunslinger. And so, um, which is why Seven Samurai is so relatable to American audiences, because all they have to do is switch that and you're good. Right. right. Um, so, do I think anyone's lying? No. What do you think? What did you think at first? Like, let's say, okay. what, what were your thoughts before I got here? So, okay, so when I first watched the movie, um, I loved it. Uh, I rewatched it last night to have it. So did I. To have it fresh in my brain. I did the first time in Japanese, second time in English. There's an English dub. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to hear it. Oh, it wasn't bad. It was, uh, you know, it, there's a few things that are a little different just for cadence and um, American sentence structure reasons, but other than that. Uh, now, um, having having already done a few foreign language films on here. Uh, I'd, oh, I usually don't like English dubs, but I really wanted to, you know, see if I missed anything from okay. reading it. So, okay. well, anyway, um, so I rewatched it again, and you know, so my opinion was that my original opinion was that everyone was lying. Okay, everyone was trying to save face, um, trying to make themselves look good to the police, and that the woodcutter story was truth what well, it was it was the truth and even i went as far as to read like articles about it and pretty much almost all these even said too that the woodcutter story is truth mm -hmm. it, it is it is the real turning of events that happened that would really disappoint me um but then i watched the special features on it <clears throat> and then i started to kind of reform my opinion, like, okay, maybe, maybe, like, not necessarily everyone's lying, but they're lying about <clears throat> the details of what happened, which, I mean, would still be lying, but, like, like, the bandit not wanting to kill anyone, maybe that's true. Mm -hmm. But the noble death part, maybe that's not true. Not true. Or vice versa. The noble death was true, but him not wanting to kill anyone, that's a lie. Yeah. He was fully ready to kill someone. But but then with your statement, I'm like, well, that is true, though. Memory is strange. It was in Stephen Prince's essay on the Criterion booklet no. uh, about the, the subjectivity of memory, right? And I liked the idea of looking at it through a just a a misremembered thing instead right. of a lying lens. Um, not to say that any of this is right. Right. It's just like the story, right? Mm -hmm. And we're never going to know. And the fact that those people are wanting the woodcutter story to be true, <laughs> lame. Because Kurosawa, I don't think, would have given us the right answer anyway. So yeah. I th that's not the point of the story to get the right answer. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it's, you know, Kurosawa loves this time period, which is why he has so many samurai movies and so many movies that take place in this century. Mm-hmm. Because he uses it, and this is also in Stephen Prince's essay, he uses it to show the extremes of humanity, right? And right. to to really dial in the human experience in this, you know, non-modern lens. Right. Where this is what it was like. Here's what it's like to have just a black and white there we go, um, <laughs> version of the extremes of the human experience. Right. And I, I think that to say that, okay, one of those is right, no. I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Well, I mean, and, and you know, and, and, and something that I've really found in recent storytelling is it's always, there's always gray, you know, as you're discussing with black and white terms, you know, especially when we did Sunset Limited, Mm -hmm. you know, um, shout out to our Sunset Limited episode. That was a while ago. I know. Season three, my dudes. Um, but you know, like I, I like that. Kurosawa really shows us like there is gray in all of this. There is a gray area. Um, but the only way to kind of move through the gray is with how the film ends with the woodcutter taking this abandoned baby into saying to the priest to restore his faith in humanity, I'm going to care for this child. Right. And there we go. And it's sort of, you know, it, at first glance, you would think it's sort of a really weird, you know, sort of 180 ending. Like, mm. you're like whoa, now there's a baby, you know? Right. Uh, but, you know, in looking at it in, he's trying to restore faith. He's trying to restore his faith in humanity, mm. right? Especially after that, just the, the barrage that the commoner gives to him specifically. Right. You right, know. right, right, right. And then it's kind of like, we have to stop thinking about this, mm-hmm. right? We have to move on from, right. from this horrible thing that happened and what followed. We just got to knock it off. We got to mm-hmm. be thinking about it. And, and kind of going back to my depression metaphor that also is something like that too, you know, after healing, well, maybe not with depression, but maybe with something traumatic after healing, it's time to move on mm-hmm. and it's time to stop letting that control you. Right. You know. Even though, you know, I mean, this is obviously a very extreme case where they were just dwelling on it for a day, right? Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, that was enough for these guys. That was yeah. Like, ah, this is too much. Especially for the priest. Right. You know, who, who, his job is to help people with faith and even he was like, I, I don't know what I believe anymore. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, but all in all, I loved it. Um, like I said at the beginning, the cinematography was on point for a film made in 1950 and for a black and white film. It was gorgeously shot. Yeah, he takes a lot of cues from silent filmmaking Mm -hmm. because in in the actual stories themselves, there's not a lot of dialogue. And so he's using these, these tropes of silent filmmaking to tell the story without dialogue. Right. Right. Um, which I appreciate because it was less reading for me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and also how he lit the forest. Yeah. Was awesome. Using mirrors. Uh, well, 
actually, as I learned, uh, it wasn't course. I mean, Corsair had the the forethought, but it was their cinematographer. Uh, I don't know his name, but he was like, you know, if we use these mirrors and use the leaves to soften it, it'll look like sunlight. And it, it, you couldn't even tell that they were just using sunlight to reflect off a mirror to right. light the scene. Yeah. It, I know. It's unreal. I know. Uh, how this, long? This is a great movie. It, it, it is great. I I, uh, I remember you telling me about it. You're like, you got to put it on your wish list. And I was like, all right, you know, and I'll, I'll get around to watching it. But after watching Seven Samurai, I was like, okay, I need to see more. Yeah. And this, uh, I think this is a great follow-up to seeing Seven Samurai. But, um, yeah, man. It's, and, and it's a great story in terms of the human condition. Mm-hmm. Of, of how we go to such lengths to save face and to make ourselves look good. Because we're maybe worried about, well, what happens if I say tell the truth right. or remember it correctly, you know? Right. It's almost like they're deciding in the moment not to tell the full truth. Right. right? Or to maybe omit certain details. Right. Right, right, right. Because um, at first they were probably, you know, you can think of it like they were going to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And then once they stood or sat in front of these people, they're like, oh, maybe I won't. Right. Yeah. Like, like oh, that's going to make me look bad. Right, mm-hmm. and so it's not they went in saying they were not going to tell the whole truth, but in the moment they're like, "Oh, maybe I should omit that." Especially, you know, the wife, as we discussed in everyone else's story, uh, the bandit having his way with her was very consensual. Right, <clears throat> but then her story, oh, he raped me. That that, that don't, it wasn't consensual because she didn't right. want to seem like uh, uh, that she willingly cheated on her. Husband. In front of him. In front of him. Right. Turned him into a cuck. Right. Oh, boy. Oof. Didn't think we'd get that word in the episode. Oh, well, at least I didn't say the whole word. That's true. But but anyway, but yeah, you know, and it's... it's, And, you know, and now that you've said it, too, I know we keep talking about Seven Samurai, but, like, I now... I mean, I love Seven Samurai, but now it makes so much more sense that why Akira chose... The time frame he did for that film, yeah, to show how extreme that film is, yeah, in in the human condition, and it's, <sighs> yeah, and you know he, this is not the only two movies he uses for this right. time period. I mean, there's so many. I would say yeah. well over half of yeah. his films are set in this time period. Oh yeah, uh, we may not do all of them. No, but we will. There's do a lot, <laughs> guys. If you're not familiar with his filmography, look at it. You're going to be overwhelmed because <laughs> it's a lot. Oh, yeah. It spanned, I think, over 40 years, his, uh, yeah, I his think, filmmaking. Yeah, he so. died in 98, I think. And I bet you he was 98 when he died. I don't know how old he was, but he was old. I mean, in ni- if in 1950 he was 41. Oh, that's a good point. So he was in his 80s, so at so, least. Yeah, 40 years later, yeah. Yeah, he would have been in his 80s. So it, it was a long time, and, you know... Like, we were talking about Dreams before we started recording. Like, that was in 1990, and it's still considered one of the greatest, right? Right. I mean, he was still, like, hitting home runs. Oh, yeah. You know, and and as we kind of talked about, his filmmaking has inspired so many people. Right. You know, his films have inspired George Lucas, Peter Jackson. Um, Whoever did Magnificent Seven, which I don't remember at yeah, this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I know. I know. And, you know, and now I, I hope our audience is now thinking back to movies or television that they're like, oh, that's a Rashomon-esque episode. Or right. that's a Rashomon-esque film. <clears throat> or, oh, okay. Right? Like, getting these multiple versions of the same event and trying to figure out which is real. That's all Kurosawa. That's all mm-hmm. Rashomon. So, oh, yeah. Um, no one did that before. <laughs> right? And, and so... Everyone has done an afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, would you like to wrap up? Wrap up, wrap up? Wrap up, wrap up, yeah. Yes. Okay, I cool. I like to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. So I probably should have started the episode with this, but you can find this on HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, if you subscribe to the Criterion um, channel or... Mm-hmm. Uh, or you just ball out like Jeremy and I and you get the Criterion D- uh, Blu-ray. Yeah. Which I recommend. Honestly. Yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, I watched my Criterion, of course. Right. Why? Well, why did I want to stream it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do want to point out. I do have some plugs. Oh. Um. My girlfriend's buddy Tyler has a um, has a podcast called Nerd of All Traits. Um, that. It's pretty good. And he's giving me a lot of advice, and we're going to try to do some of that. Okay. Um, and my girlfriend will be on an episode. Uh, Haley will be on the Captain America episode on the 20th. Uh, so 420 Blaze it. 420! Um, also, Hitler's birthday. A lot of people don't remember that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you think we'd ever get her on for an episode on our podcast? I don't know. I mentioned it to her because I was like, we have to and do she's something. Like, Ew. That, Gross. That you, I, it would have to be something she would feel comfortable with. She loves Marvel and Captain America and all that stuff. You know, so we've never done an act. I mean, yes, there's an ep- a Marvel episode on the podcast. You know what, I'll save that for later. But uh, we've never actually done a, a full, like, comic book breakdown movie. No. Um, the it, most we did, I think, was when you... It would have to be one I would love. And if I love it, she's not going to like it. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> Because like I would like think, Batman like, Returns. She's never seen a Batman. She's movie. never seen that. Oh my god! I still love her very much. Uh, but like I would want to do like if we were to do a comic book movie, it would be like Road to Perdition or something. You know what I mean? Like I. That's <laughs> <laughs> like way out in left left field. Too. But it's still a comic book. Well, movie. actually, wait, my bad. We have done a comic book movie. We did the Crow. The Crow. We did the Crow. <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, so, looking at his stuff right now just to see which ones we've done. Yeah. Um, but I, I, so anyway, nerd of all trades, go check out uh, her we'll episode. Put, we'll put a link in, in, in the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys can check that out. Um, so, Jim. Yes, sir. Are you ready to learn what we're talking about next week? Yeah. It's, I'm going to hate it. It's finally time. Oh. My friend. It is finally, it's finally time to talk about this movie. Okay. This movie has been mentioned uh, by you. Multiple times. Okay, cool. Then um, I may like it then. But it is time to actually do a full episode of it. And that is... Uh, 1980. Okay. The Shining. Ooh! It, the it's, Shining! It's, it's time. Very cool. And we'll have a guest. We're going to have a guest? It is going to be a, a bit of a reunion, mainly okay. for you. Okay. We're going to have... 
my friend Jazz on. Oh, Jazz. To talk about it. Oh, that's fine. Uh, it'll be over Zoom, though. She. So hers will be over Zoom? Do we, can we be here while she does it, or do we all uh, do it over Zoom for it to work? It, we'll probably all have to be on Zoom. That's fine. Uh, it's mainly because she is in the uh, Navy. Um, oh. Shout out to our armed forces. In, in the Navy. Oh, a shout out to the village. <laughs> Uh, but she is, uh, I believe she's stationed, uh, somewhere. I mean, I mean, she's not, like, overseas, but she's... Very, very cool. Will this be our first Kubrick? Yeah. No, it won't, because we did a Clockwork Orange. That's right. That's right. Love Clockwork Orange. God, love Kubrick, man. Oh, can we just... I want to mention that if we're doing The, the Shining, we are not, and I repeat, not giving any sort of validation to those idiots who did Room 237. Oh, we should probably start that episode with just destroying You guys are idiots. Um, they're doing what we do, which is read too much into things, and that is not okay for other people. <laughs> and it is not... Well, and they, dude, they go way out. Way, in, way out in left field. Like, yeah, you see Danny Torrance's uh, uh, Apollo 13 sweater? Yeah, that was Stanley saying that how he faked the moon landing. No. False. It was 1980. He was probably like, yeah, put him in that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think people like to give Kubrick a lot of credit for a lot of, you know, Easter eggy type things mm-hmm. like that. And honestly, I don't think that was as bad. Sorry, everyone. Oh, you forgot to mute your computer. My B. Oh, you B, bro. Uh, anyway, that's exciting. I really yeah, do it's, love it's finally time. It's finally Hated time. the movie for a long time. Really? Yes, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Well, yeah, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. So. Yeah, of course. Um, now, one last thing I want to mention before we close out the episode. Yeah. Um, in case our YouTube audience, our YouTube audience doesn't know this, but our listeners, uh, the podcast is now two years old. Wow. Um, I got a reminder uh, uh, on, on, on my Facebook about uh, yesterday of the Star Wars episode with Alex. So, which means a week before that is uh, our first episode. Our first episode. So, the podcast has turned two. Wow. Can you believe that shit? No. And we still can't break 12 listeners. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, we're working on it. Uh, but anyway, um, we hope everyone enjoyed Rashomon. Um, I think we're going to start probably at the top of the show saying where you can find the movie. Yeah. Uh, we should probably start doing it. We'll record a little thing after this, maybe. And then we'll plop it in front yeah. and then start the episode. That'll work. Yeah. We're going to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed Rush On, and we'll see you next week for The Shining. The Shining.